the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ from the Gospel of St. John in chapter 5, our Gospel reading from this evening. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. He has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming, which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now hear the words of blessed St. Paul from our epistle reading from his first letter to the Corinthian church in chapter 15, where he says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. What are the words we're hearing? All who are in the graves will hear his voice. They will come forth and go before the judge of all souls, our Lord Jesus Christ. And this will happen in a flash. It will happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And we are not given to know when. We are not given to know when. Tonight at this blessed feast of all souls, our own mortality is placed right before us. And we shouldn't wince at this. We shouldn't look away and hide ourselves from the gift that mortality is. Because the church teaches us it is a divine gift. It is a divine weapon for God's people in their life to be experienced in their life in Christ. We must look at it in the right way. With the right vision. And with great illumination from our Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight... As we take up our vocation, as the priesthood of all believers, and as the priesthood of all believers, what is our role? We offer the entirety of the world back to God, and we've heard recently through Father Rooney. We take our place as the priesthood of all believers, standing before all souls, one another's, and all souls in the entirety of creation, and standing in our place with Christ, who is our mediator, offering back to God those souls. We do, we do so tonight with all of those blessed souls who have departed this life before us, laying them at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ and pleading with Him for mercy over those souls. And as every name passes our lips that will visit tonight, and even the ones that go unnamed tonight, as we see each soul go before us in our memory and in our prayers, my friends, our own mortality is highlighted for us right before our very eyes. And we need to embrace that this evening and in our lives. For every name that's lifted up as we consider each soul that's departed and has gone before Christ. As we pray for every single name, this comes to our mind, our own end. Our own end. And to do so is nothing new but an ancient practice of the church still carried on today. In fact, it's carried on greatly, most profoundly, I would say, in a lot of cases, in monasticism in the Orthodox Church. 
In many monasteries in the Orthodox Church, we visited this idea before, but we remember it tonight. That when a brother in Christ, one of the monastics, passes from this life and his soul departs the body, they keep the remains and the bones of their brother monastics. And they take those bones, whether it's just the skull or other bones, and they put it in the ossuaries. Now the ossuary is simply a room or a building, if you're not familiar with that term, where all of the brethren who have departed this life before them are visible to them. And what do the monastics do? They frequent the ossuary. Not once a year, not even once a month. They frequent their brethren who have passed before them, going from person to person. The remains of each brethren. And as they look and remember the remains of each brethren, what are they doing? They're contemplating their own end. Their mortality is placed right before them. Why? So that that mortality might drive them into the arms of the giver of mercy. All of their days, knowing they don't know if they have one breath left, much less another day. Another day. They keep the great discipline of holding their mortality right before them all of their days. My friends, don't nod your heads. But are there ways in our lives that this seems a little morbid to us? I think there are ways in each of us, in some little ways sometimes, because of what this world preaches to us. Don't look at death. For the Christian not to look at death, not to look at their mortality, denies the resurrection. But the world screams that this has. Not to look at this. It ought to be hideous to us. Don't look at this. No, not the Christian. They embrace this. If there is that bit of morbidity or unease still within us, it's showing us that we still have yet to grow in illumination to the majesty and the wonder and the power of the resurrection. And we are indeed denying ourselves one of the greatest weapons our Lord has given us in this life as a gift to us. A gift granted for us to experience the fullness of life in Him and in the kingdom of God. And that great weapon, that great gift of God to His beloved children is to embrace the reality of our mortality. To embrace that reality. To accept that reality as an important ingredient to our daily life in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this reality of, our, of mortality, this truth, it's kept before us in the rhythm of prayer in the Orthodox Church, daily hours of prayer. If we are attentive to what we are praying in morning, noon, and evening, and compline services, our mortality is right in front of us. It's in our prayer life. Listen to compline. Think about compline. Compline that we pray just before we go to bed to rest our bodies. And in compline, what do we find? We find prayers asking God to guard our souls through the night. Guard our slumbers. Guard our mind and our heart. Prayers for protection while we sleep. They are prayers that acknowledge our mortality. Saying that as I lay down tonight, I may not wake up. This is why in Compline, we pray the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ when he hung upon the cross. We say towards the end, I think it is at the end of Compline. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. What are we doing when we pray this? 
We're acknowledging our mortality as we go to bed. That, Lord, I may not awake, if it be your will, so into thy hands and to your care I entrust my spirit to you right now, even as I lay down to sleep. And in the morning, when we wake up with morning prayer, we wake up and we ought to be astonished every time we wake up with great thankfulness that the Lord has given us another day. And our prayers direct us into that thankfulness. For when we arise from sleep, we begin our prayer day, our fellowship with God, by turning to Him in prayer, saying, Thank you for the rest of the past night. Thank you for this blessed gift of a new day. Just this one. Because it may be the only one I have left, maybe not even in its entirety. In St. Aidan's prayer book, our little red prayer books, this is the prayer. Thank you for the rest of the past night and the gift of a new day. Grant that I may so live today in thy presence and service, that at evening I may truly praise thy name. With mortality in front of us, it drives us. Lord, help me live in you today. Help me live in your great presence all around me and within me. Help me live from the life that you've given me just this day or as long of a day as I have left. I thank you for the blessedness of this day, you see. Are you getting a sense of even our mortality being a part of our spirituality in our daily life in Christ and the rhythm of prayers that we've been given? You know, the church speaks of our mortality, I mentioned, as a great gift and even as a great heavenly weapon that we use for our salvation. How is it a gift? How is it a weapon? Well, first and foremost, you and I know this. At least intellectually, we would nod our heads at this. That if we knew that this was the absolute last day of our life, you know that you and I would live this day differently than any other day that we've existed on the planet. You know this. We would not say things. We would say things. We would not do things. We would press ourselves into Christ like no other day. Right? Our mortality is a gift and it's a weapon because it presses us with an authentic knowledge and need for the mercy of God so that we move fervently in the day into the arms of His mercy so that we might be experiencers of the divine mercy of God and walk away from that dancing and rejoicing and proclaiming all that Christ has done in our life in those moments when we never could deserve it. It's a gift because if our mortality is, is ever before us, then God and His kingdom all of a sudden become the absolute most paramount thing in our lives. And all the distractions of the day that distract us from our life and fellowship with the living God, they would dissolve. They would dissolve. Our mortality strengthens us as a weapon to share in the victory of Christ over our own passions and the demonic influence that wants to numb us to the very beauty and the wonder of God and His kingdom by lowering ourselves to embrace and join ourselves to those passions that grant us a far lesser existence than our God desires and is offered for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And the gift of mortality, it awakens us like a splash of cold water to come back to our true selves, which is the orthodox definition of repentance. That we awaken 
Yes to what we're not. But we awaken by the illumination of Christ our God. Who shows us what we have been recreated to be. What is now possible to us by the grace of God. And we move <coughs> towards God for that very gift. Do you remember? It was two years ago. When we did an Advent series based on Charles Dickens' classic, Christmas Carol. Many of you were here, some of you weren't. My friends, there's something even in that for us tonight when it comes to this blessed gift of mortality. You remember in A Christmas Carol that Ebenezer Scrooge living an incredibly lesser existence than truly human, as created by God to be, the opposite of the virtues of Christ. And he's visited by three ghosts, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future, right? And each of these ghosts are leading Scrooge through the stages of self-examination and illumination and repentance that every one of us ought to live in daily in our lives. That very repentance they were leading him to that would be the, would wrought in Scrooge's life absolute healing and utter transformation. The ghost of Christmas past, if you remember, he helped him see clearly the wounds from his past, even his childhood. The great wounds in his life by things that had been done to him by his father. But also wounds self-inflicted that he had decided and done that created great pain in his life. And that's what caused him to spiral down to become like the prodigal son who had nothing eating the muck in the mire. This was his existence, his lesser existence. And the ghost of Christmas present illuminated in him his loathsome denial of the suffering all around him and the negation of the blessedness of true community that is forged in the bonds of love and fellowship. He was utterly alone. And that spirit showed him that. My friends, with all of that culminating, his past, his present, and even a brief glimpse into his future, what was it? What was the missing ingredient about to happen? That is the very thing that brought Ebenezer Scrooge to humility and on his knees pleading for mercy. He got the full and accurate glimpse of his death, of his mortality, that his soul would go before God and it would go before God in the condition that it currently was. And so in utter humility, he bends down and cries out for mercy. And in that moment, we see this incredible transformation in his life. Mortality was the final, not the only, but the final ingredient that unlocked the healing of the human person in Scrooge. And we see him go in, in a blink of an eye. We see this transformation now from someone who could care less about anyone but himself. Miserly, vices galore into the beauty and wonder of an exaltation of a human person filled with joy, now moving in blessed community and experiencing love and giving love. You see this, but what was it that had to be an ingredient for Ebenezer Scrooge to get there? The clearness of his mortality put it all together, that blessed wholeness of repentance. My friends, it's no wonder that we keep struggling, that we keep falling short of the totality of the experience of the kingdom of God and His salvation in our lives. 
if our mortality is a missing ingredient to our active faith and life in Christ? How long are we going to live out the constant deception, and it is satanic, the constant deception that we have forever here in this place? If we will let our mortality be real to us, as God will illumine for us, it will move us into Him like nothing else, and we will see His salvation wrought in our own lives. But only then. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.